What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about SifPop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. SifPop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out SifPop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome, everybody, to episode 72 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, the guy who's been aging backwards his entire life. It's Grant Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Great, Phil. <laughs> you, you, you you, look great for 80. Thank you. <laughs> you uh, definitely took the nickname from my least favorite of our three topics <laughs> this week. I tried to change it up. I don't want it to be like Mighty Ducks every time or Falcon every time. Um so yeah, gotta gotta keep uh keep you on your toes, keep you guessing. So uh, Grant, I am so excited to do the show with you. We're recording this late. Uh, you've been super busy. Mm-hmm. To be frank, I've been really busy too. Um, and so we are doing a, a late record, which means you'll get a couple episodes pretty pretty uh, closer than normal, I yep. guess. Um, we're recording we're recording this on Wednesday, April twenty first. Um, so if anything crazy happens in the news tomorrow, we we didn't we haven't seen it yet. Um, and I think we're going to maybe record what, like maybe next Monday or something like that. Something like that. So yeah, we're, um, we're adjusting kind of around Grant's softball schedule. He's been coaching softball. So, uh, tournaments and things kind of make Saturdays difficult, but, uh, gives you a little bit more time to watch what we've been talking about. So if you are just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, we've been, if you've looked at our feed, we've been doing a lot of Falcon and Winter Soldier, reviewing every episode of that awesome show. We did the same thing for WandaVision. We're doing the same thing for Mighty Ducks Game Changers, reviewing every episode. And then we, we're kind of sprinkling in some movies and stuff uh, today, uh, er, last week and this week. Uh, next week, we probably won't do that, but uh, we're, we're talking about the kid who would be king uh, towards the end of this episode today. Uh, so hopefully you had a chance to watch that movie since it just came to the service. But before we get into the main discussions for the episode, we'd like to do news of the week. Um, so... Uh, not a ton of huge stories this week, but um, one that I think is noteworthy uh, for a couple different reasons is there's um, a Pixar short called 22 versus Earth uh, that's coming next week, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Like it literally just got announced what today yeah. as we're recording this April 21st and they're like, oh yeah, in nine days it's coming out on Disney Plus. We're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, so that we have that's to look forward to next week. Um 22, obviously, if, if you've seen Soul, um, is in reference to that character. So uh, you saw the story, Grant. What, what kind of piqued your interest on this? Um, well, for those of you that have seen Soul, you know that 22 is kind of the person that has been failed so many times by these great mentors. And so basically what it sounds like it's going to be is life before she met, uh, is it Jerry? 
Or what's the guy's name? Gary? Uh, boy, I can't remember. Uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe Gardner. Yep. That's it. Um, and so, I mean, she had people like Abraham Lincoln, Mother <laughs> Teresa. So it should it should be pretty comical. That's right. I totally forgot about the famous... Yeah, that's obviously one of the biggest parts of her story, but I just I blanked on that. Yeah, so it should be pretty funny. Like, do you think uh, Honest Abe is going to be in? I would assume they so. They have to, right? I'm I'm guessing each week, if there is more than one, is just going to be a new story with one of those people. So is this an ongoing series, or are they just doing it as a single I don't know. release? I thought it was just a single. It might just be a single release, but I mean... It would be pretty comical if they turned it into like a short series. Yeah. I'm what I'm reading is a short, uh like a new short from Pixar Animation Studios. I, I kinda get the feeling that these take a lot of time to make, although I mean the movie did just come out like five months ago. But mm-hmm. um here's here's my theory on this and I, I don't know if they'll explain this or not, but I almost wonder if this is like cutting room floor stuff. It could be. Because it's not like I said, it's not. There's not a lot of time. We wouldn't even have this on. Like we would just be barely getting this on video, if it if it was like you know ten years ago. Like it would be coming to Blu-ray. That's right probably now. one of those like DVD extras. Probably. Yeah, but I almost wonder like if it takes like a year, perhaps to make like a short like this. Maybe it doesn't take that long. But as, and Pixar obviously is is their pros at this kind of stuff. But I almost wonder if it's like footage that they had animated and maybe even recorded Tina Fey or whatever yeah. uh, for the movie. And they were like, uh, the movie's already pretty long. We're, we're going to cut this stuff. Um, so, you know, it's it, it would make sense because you're literally covering the same kind of things that we saw very quick snippets of in the movie. Mm-hmm. But this is obviously more long form. So should be funny. I mean, yeah. t- Tina, I think Tina Fey was brilliant in that character. Yeah, 22 is probably the best character in the show. I mean, obviously, she's not the main person, but I'd say she probably steals the movie. I I I think you'll see a little bit of um, you know, gallivanting through time, like you, you, like it'll start out, you know, know, Caesar or you know Nero or something like that. You know, someone's you know mentoring her from you know long thousands and thousands of years ago, and then kind of going progressively through time, Mm -hmm. and then just like all these people that just kind of you know, basically give up on her. I, I like the character of 22 because everyone knows a 22. Like you have, oh, a, yeah, you, if you're sure. listening to this, you have a 22 in your life. And so, yeah, the, if you, if you haven't seen the movie, you know, we're not going to spoil too much for you, but there, there are all like every soul that's, that comes to earth, like as, as a baby is given a number and they're like, you get the impression it's all in sequential order. Mm-hmm. So she is literally the 22nd soul that like God or whatever ever created and she's never ever made it to earth because she's never been worthy of it <laughs> and so uh, that's how old like you know she's thousands and thousands of years old so yeah it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that um, let's see I'm reading this article they kind of interviewed them about them and um, let's see Nolting uh, yeah 21 pick, 21 year Pixar veteran Kevin Nolting is talking about like the making of this short. And he says, I think the new souls 
make the short so fun. So there are some new characters we haven't seen. The contrast of their pure innocence and, and delight with the cynical expectations of 22. The other new souls are what 22 once was before she took another path. Purely innocent, blank slates to be gar- guided by the counselors in the most uneventful journey to the Earth portal. 22 sees an opening in that and attempts to guide them herself into her way of thinking. Okay, I, <laughs> I hadn't read that until just now. That actually sounds pretty cool. Like her like basically trying to mentor the mentorees. <laughs> that that are like her peers, so that that could be entertaining. I do wonder like how long this is going to be. Like it's a short, yeah. so it's not going to be like forty forty five minutes. But <laughs> like I, you kind of expect like six to ten, kind of in that range. Probably. Although some of the Toy Story ones have been longer. Like mm-hmm. um, there there was a Christmas one that they just released that was like twenty minutes or twenty two yeah. minutes or something like that without commercials. So so yeah. It'd be cool to, to go back to that world. We, all we've gotten mm-hmm. so far is, is just that movie. So, yeah, that's about it for the news. Not a lot to talk about this week. So, uh, look for that. We will uh, every week we we do what's new on Disney Plus. So we'll remind you of that next week on the on on the next episode that that's coming on Friday, April thirtieth. Um, so we don't have too long to wait for that one. Uh, let's get into the first review of the week: Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode Four titled hockey moms um i'll 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 go first i guess on my kind of overall impressions and then you jump in uh this is this is one of my favorite episodes i i really liked this one a lot um it is funnier i think than maybe all the episodes the first episode i thought was really funny but um i think there's a lot of humor in this one i think if you're looking for like hockey action this is not the episode to watch but I liked the reprieve from like, we got lots of hockey and hockey practice in the first three episodes. Yeah. And I, I was ready. If this is going to be like a 12 or how long is the 10? Okay. 10 episodes. I, like at some point you have to kind of take a break from the action to kind of just examine these people's lives off of the ice. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely what this episode is. And for me, those are some of the best moments in the movies anyways is like i like seeing these characters like be themselves you know without skates yeah and so like it was cool and, and the coop stuff we'll get to the coop stuff in a little bit i i love coop a lot <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters and he really gets he gets to shine big time in this episode yeah so what what are your overall thoughts? um i mean there are definitely scenes that i really enjoyed uh of course the sleepover at Nick's house. That's probably the highlight of it for me. Um, and I mean, the plot line keeps moving better and better. You kind of get something that is new to Mighty Ducks where um, Sophie kind of just lives a double life. Yeah. Which that's kind of a new plot twist. Oh, that was totally That cool. has never happened before where she is going to practice with the don't bothers, but also still practicing with the mighty ducks. Yeah. So I, I mean, that was pretty cool too. And then the competition is pretty humorous. Yeah. I love the pecan, pecan pie thing. I love the training montages yeah. just between Gordon and, and Alex. You're, you're not much of a, like a romance, like, like you don't get into like the meet cute moments and stuff. Yeah. Do you? Not really. I, I, I think, I think we're you and I are both kind of stereotypical guys where like that doesn't really yeah you know fluff our feathers so to speak but but there is some of that in this episode and for people that are looking for that like 
you had to know that was coming because oh, yeah, they, they, sure. they've definitely teased it in the previous episodes, but now it's full on like, yes, this is, there's going to be a romantic element to this series. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Grant and I are necessarily, necessarily jonesing for that, but I think for, for people that watch that, that are looking and enjoying that kind of activity, I think, I think you're going to get a lot more yeah. as the series goes on. So, but we're seeing the, the beginnings of it right now. So what are the kind of the big, every episode kind of has like three, two or three main stories. So it's, it's Sophie and her parents mm-hmm. and then, and the double practice thing. It's obviously Gordon and Alex and preparing her for, uh, the mom's competition. Mm-hmm. And then it's the, the, uh, sleepover. sleepover. Yep. Which, and, and that means that there are a whole bunch of characters that we've gotten to know that are simply not even in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren and, well, I guess we see them very briefly at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking like seconds and then that's it. We, we never see them again after that. So this is kind of a, um, as far as the kids, it's more of a boys episode. We kind of get yeah. to see the boys. I would out. say so. Yeah. So, yeah. What'd you like about the, um, you mentioned the sleepover. What'd you like? Well, it's just so funny that um, at Nick's house, they have the rule where like the cell phones (laughs) need to be put away at 10 o'clock and Coob is just like, well, first off, he's never been to a sleepover before. And then he's like, we, one of my favorite lines is when he talks about, we are a very screen oriented family. (laughs) Yeah. And and Nick is like the total opposite. He has two moms and they're, uh, it's like screen time is off at 10 or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and Coob is just like horrified when they come and take his phone. <laughs> More than horrified. He's like, he's almost like handicapped. Like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> he, he literally kind of freezes in his tracks. Um, I mean, it's so funny them just trying to get his phone back. <laughs> yeah. It turns almost into a little heist dude. Okay. Was that, I, I, I do wonder if that was actually him singing. Oh, it was. For was sure. it really? Wow. Oh, he's yeah. such a good singer. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's the guy from America's Got Talent. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you shared that. I forgot about so, that. So, it's definitely him singing. Dude, he's legit. Yeah. He's a really good singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Nick makes a comment of, like, they only have two weaknesses, moderate hikes and show tunes. And he's like, okay. I, I guess, love show tunes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, he goes in there and starts singing show tunes, which distracts the moms, and then they can steal the, the phone. <laughs> and then they get it back all the way to the, the bedroom, and it only has 1% battery, and he watches yeah. it die. <laughs> So it's all for not. Yeah, I when that phone dies and Evan looks him in the eyes, he goes, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I like so of course it's all set up at the very beginning of the episode with with uh we get a very brief scene with Coco Winnie. I want I want to see more of Coco Winnie. I I think she's a really interesting character, but she in this episode she only exists in the first two minutes mm-hmm. and, and it's really just to provide like a bartender uh scene for nick yeah and he's like confiding in her and it's it's very funny because he's he's trying he's trying to get into the best friend zone <laughs> with evan which you know if it was like a a girl and a guy you'd be like oh no you've been relegated to the friend zone but like he's trying to get into the friend zone and he's talking about he's very nervous and he's like should i s- save him a seat for a movie is that weird yeah that w- that was too weird sorry <laughs> yeah i won't do that but like i don't know just how he's um almost treating their friendship like a like a dating relationship mm-hmm. um is really funny to me and i've i've known kids like that they're like get really serious about their friends and it's it's just so funny to watch kind of Nick Nick just kind of fall into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, and then we got the the mom's skills challenge, which it went about what I, the way I thought it would. Like mm-hmm. it's you know it's you know it's going to come down to these two characters, the Stephanie character and and of course Alex, and you know that all the moms are so bad, you almost wonder how they even kind of tie it up at the end. <clears throat> and um, you know they're obviously telegraphing the entire episode as she's like training and you know getting her slap shot faster and faster. That obviously she's gonna have like a super powerful hit at the end and the pecan pie I th- thought was like re- like a really cool thing mm-hmm. he actually brought pecan pie to the yeah to the ice rink to kind of egg her on and, and get her mad and then of course they make the ducks the bad people because um she crossed the line yeah yeah the the technicality or whatever yeah yeah that like at first I was like, Oh, come on. Like, just let her win. Like, you know, like it would be so cool if Alex actually legitimately won that. But then when she loses it, loses the, the, the challenge, you know, the ducks win, but then the dad, there's that scene with the dad and Sophie at the end, Mm -hmm. I thought was so cool where he was like, you can tell he really loves his daughter. And he's like, he's like, I saw you, I looked at you. I saw your face when you thought that the don't bothers moms had Mm -hmm. won. And I, I can tell that this is, really what you want like yeah you know so i signed it and we don't really know what the mom even thinks about that like she's probably p- pissed off about it like yeah she, you would think so um but yeah the dad's kind of like going against the wishes of of, of his wife so kind of interesting so finally we we've got her on the team like that yep. it took a couple episodes but we finally got her so that means next episode they'll start with sophie on the team and you have to imagine that means more points and like yeah, a they're huge gonna start game better yeah yeah they you know, it's in the title of the show, but at one point Evans is like getting Sophie would be a game changer for us. And so obviously that's going to be the, the turning point for them. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we talked about. Hockey. I mean, I guess Gordon and Alex kind of go on their first date. Yeah. Where did I, I'm blanking. Where did they go? They go with, they go to that really fancy restaurant. Oh yeah, because Stephanie and her husband—I can't remember the husband's name. Yeah, they come upon them at the Ice Palace. I totally forgot about that. And so, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely like they live in like completely different worlds. Oh yeah, they're not even close. And Gordon is so funny in the scene. Like he's—I think he's a little bit of an awkward per- person. Like mm-hmm. I, I think like Emilio Estevez is not like the coolest guy out there. Yeah. And so <laughs> watching him play Gordon Bombay, like super awkward at this dinner and like openly aff- like being offensive to the people that are across the table as him was perfect for his character. Like I, I, I ate up all of that. That was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he basically kind of, you know, eggs, eggs her on gets kind of gets Alex involved and in all that. So yeah, I, th- I thought that was all really good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know that I have anything else to add. I, I know that's kind of a short conversation on the episode, but yeah. there isn't like a game to discuss or anything like that. <clears throat> um, did uh, Caitlin watch it with you? Yeah. Did she like it? Yeah. Um, there, I mean, it's one of those episodes where there just really isn't a whole lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, obviously, one of the biggest takeaways, which we talked about already, is that Sophie is now officially a duck. Or yeah. not a duck, a don't bother. Yeah, that they they kind of strike this deal like it's it's a like a 
a wager basically where they say like, Hey, if the ducks win the mom's challenge, then, then you get, then you will stay a duck. If the don't bother moms win, then you'll, you'll switch teams. And of course at the end, she doesn't, you know, the don't bothers moms lose, but then they, you know, obviously the dad comes in and, and kind of usurps that. But yeah, I, I thought that was, that was a neat, like high stakes. It made it feel like bigger stakes for the Mm -hmm. team as a whole. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think the only other scene that we haven't talked about is there's um, what kind of sets up the events of, of the end of the episode is there's a, a part where Sophie's been going back and forth mm-hmm. over and over again, and but she slips up and she shows up to ducks to a ducks practice with don't bother with a don't bother's jersey on, yeah, and that's kind of like the suck the air out of the room moment of like <gasps> I can't believe you know she's been doing yeah. you know double timing us basically, so but yeah. Um, I think the best line I like, I like to pick out like a couple like key lines from the episode and the one that I really liked was it's a conversation between Sophie and her mom and her mom says the don't bothers are losers. The ducks are winners. And she, and Sophie says, I think I'd be a winner if I can be the best version of me. I can't do that on the ducks. Yeah. And I thought that was a good kind of summarization of episode three mm-hmm. and then everything that we're seeing in this episode too. Like she, she, is not true to herself as if she stays on the ducks. It's clear, clear to her. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, shorter discussion on that. That's fine. I I continue to be excited to see what they do with Mighty Ducks going forward. Like I I'm all in on the show. They have my attention. Like yeah. I, I want to see where where this goes. So. Yeah, it'll be really exciting. Cool. Well, let's jump into Falcon and Winter Soldier. Long episode, man. Long. It's it's the longest episode that they've done yeah. uh, from anything Marvel and mm-hmm. WandaVision included. And there's not a lot of fighting in this episode. Like it's not it's not real action heavy, but there's a lot of character development and we're following a lot of different factions in this episode, like yeah. all in one episode. That's kind of a table setter. Yeah. For the finale. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so I mean there's a lot to talk about. We don't some of it's more interesting than others. Um we could talk about uh you know John Walker. We get a lot of John Walker scenes in this and you know he goes and sees um oh what's his name? Lamar's. Lamar's parents. Mm-hmm. That we could talk about Zemo. He kind of has a short scene. Sharon shows up just for a second. There's obviously a lot of Sam and and Bucky and the boat stuff with his sister, which they've done more with his with their, his sister than I thought they were going to in this episode or in this series. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus is a big like we need to talk about her and kind of what her role is. But what what's what's interesting of that or or just something else? Um, I'd say the biggest highlight for me is probably the first fight scene between between John Bucky and Sam. Oh yeah. I mean, it's intense. It's epic, and uh, Sam. It's, it's right off the. It's literally seconds after the events of four yeah. episode four, and Sam gets the shield finally. Yeah, yeah. They they struggle. Like uh, yeah. it takes both of them to take him down. But yeah, they eventually get him knocked out at the end, and uh, pull that shield away. Yep. So, I mean... By the way, I love... Anytime Sam uses his wings in battle is always my favorite. Yeah. It looks so good. So, I mean, you get the cool scene where uh, John rips the wings off of um, Sam and... That was a big moment. Yeah. And, I mean, you definitely can tell that John can handle his own. Well, obviously, he has super soldier syndrome. 
in his uh, serum, serum <laughs> not syndrome. Um, he probably also has super soldier syndrome as probably. well. Probably. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, obviously he's going to put up a fight, but I mean, he definitely holds his own against those two. And they're, for a lot of the fight, he actually, I would say, is probably winning. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, until the very last second, I wasn't sure they were even going to win that fight, yeah. the, the good guys, so to speak. They're, they offer an olive branch to him before they start fighting. Like They're, they're like, hey, if you turn yourself in, you, given your record and everything like that, they'll probably go easy on you. We'll put in a good word. And he's like, no. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Uh, and he's obviously still clearly angry and you know, that's obviously how the fight starts, but it doesn't go well for him after that. He goes, right. I, the very next scene we see him in, he's on trial basically yeah. and has to answer for his crimes. He killed. So you'll have to answer this for me if you know, cause I, I didn't look it up or anything. The guy that he killed is some kind of like, they call him like a national. He's like, was he, is he like a representative of that country or something like that? Something like that. Cause he like, as, as he's killing that guy, he's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So he, did he kill the wrong guy? Is he that, might've, I, I was very unclear on yeah, all that. I, I didn't read into it but too that, much. The, the, why it's become such, such an international episode uh, issue, you know, the, him killing this guy in, in front, in front of a crowd is, is how, like how important or like, you know, this this person that he, that died is like important to their government somehow. I yeah. is kind of how I took it, and so that's why America, like the American government, gets involved and is like, okay, this is not okay. We're punishing this guy. Yeah, and so they basically strip him of his title. They almost court martial him, and it is only because of his record and all the great campaigns he's done for the country that mm-hmm. they don't even you know that they don't go full full yeah. war on him. But but I mean, and like the brutality of him killing him. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes for the kill on Sam in this, oh, yeah. like in the at the beginning of the fight that we just mm-hmm. talked about. He holds up the shield. He's he's over. He's you know his legs are over him, and he's and he's coming to down, bringing it down. And it's only because of Bucky jumping yeah. in at the last second that he doesn't kill Sam in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's unhinged. Obviously, he's he's, oh, out, yeah. he's out of control for sure. So, and I mean, the mid credit scene shows he's. Not quite all there. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's just talk about that right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, ho- hopefully you've, you've seen the episode, but now we're g- jumping all the way to the end. But yeah, I mean, he's not done with the fight. Yeah. So he's literally constructing <laughs> his own shield, which he's not constructing it out of vibranium. Like he's, yeah. he's hammering it and bending it. So like, I, I kind of wonder if it's just not going to just shatter at some point in the fight, but he's using his army medals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's insane. Like he's he's fully lost it at this point. Oh yeah, for I sure. Think, I think the you know if you point to like okay, well, what was the changing the the turning point? I think the most obvious is Lamar's death, but he was he was already descending before that. Oh yeah. So, which I mean, that's what the Marvel writers wanted, anyways. Yeah, it is. It is. Even though this is like a you know you total up all the minutes, it's like a four or five hour movie. Basically, mm-hmm. it still feels fast to me. Like we're we barely got to know John and he's already a bad guy. We're oh, all, yeah. already have to take him down. You know, like, you know, this maybe isn't a show that you do nine episodes on or whatever, but it, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's going a little too fast for me, but in, in other ways I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I think I'll be okay seeing it ends yeah. next week. So, but yeah, it's obviously still really great. Um, I, I, 
I think I thought one of the more the more interesting scenes in the episode, and as far as like minutes that they devoted to it, I think I think they the writers wanted it to be a big scene too. But is that Isaiah Bradley stuff mm-hmm. like going to his house? I I wasn't sure that we'd ever go back to see Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. It was cool that we got to see him at all, but then we, he gives us a whole like two minute backstory, mm-hmm. and I never thought we were ever going to get that. Like it was really cool to kind of hear his perspective and. And basically, find out that it is more. It was more than just experimentation. That they yeah. like locked him up and were like, experimenting on his blood and all that, because they were obviously trying to duplicate. Somehow, he survives this the serum, and he literally had to had the person fake his own death. Yeah, to get out of it. Yeah, that was cool. But yeah, he was locked up for like twenty or thirty years. I think it was thirty. And but like everyone else that they gave the serum to, they said, "Dude, they it goes pretty dark when he's like, we thought we were getting tetanus, we thought we were getting tetanus shots." So like they didn't even tell him. Yeah. And they are injecting super soldier serum in it, which ends up killing a lot of his like Mm -hmm. compatriots. And then they, in order to try to cover it up, they try to like just like mass murder all of them. But then he obviously, you know, it's working on him. He's not going to die, and so he busts out of the prison and busts all of his friends out and gets them to shelter and protects them or whatever. But yeah, it's, it paints a really dark picture of shield or whatever, just American government back, you know, back in the sixties or whatever it was time period that this was going on fifties or sixties. So there's obviously a lot about race um, here and really he's talking, it's Isaiah. It's one black man to another Isaiah talking to Sam about how, you know, Hey, be cautious. Like, you know, America, he actually at one point says like America is never going to be down with a black captain America. Mm-hmm. And it, it reminded me of, a, I mean, that conversation has happened in comics over the years as well. Like miles Morales is a, everyone's favorite Spider-Man. I, like everyone loves miles Morales now, but that is not how it started back in 2011 when he was introduced in the comics. There were a lot of people that were mad, like yeah. mad, mad that they were making a quote black Spider-Man. He's you know half black, half Hispanic, but you know, he, he looks black and like a lot of people were really angry about that, uh, about that. I thought it was awesome. I was all in and I've read every uh, Miles Morales comic because of that. He's my favorite superhero, but a lot of people were really, really upset that they were making mm-hmm. Spider-Man quote unquote black. And it wasn't even about that. Like it's, it's not Peter. It's, it's not black Peter. It's like, it's a different character, but yeah. they still were just really up in arms about it. And you know, it makes sense. Like at one point he says something about like they, you know, I, well, why didn't they make, just make you Captain America? Because Captain America was dead, right? And he's like, "Well, I don't have blonde hair and blue eyes. Like that, you know, I didn't fit the image of what they mm-hmm. wanted for for you know the representative of this country." So he's obviously super jaded, and you kind of you know at one point like, "Oh, you know, should he be that jaded?" But then like Sam is, I think he's talking to his sister or whatever. He's like, "Hey, if I was in his shoes, I, I'm sure I'd feel the exact same way about America. If they had trampled all over my life, you know, I'd feel the exact same way." So. Um, so yeah, it's very timely, like with all the race conversations that are going on mm-hmm. this week with Derek Chauvin being yeah. found guilty and all that, like it's, uh, they, they couldn't, I, I, they almost certainly didn't plan the timing of this episode in this way. There's no way they could have known, Yeah. but the, the trial would even be over and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's very interesting because I, 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 I read the news about Derek Chauvin yesterday, Tuesday, April 20th, and then I, I didn't watch the the Falcon episode until today. So like I I like in 24 hours I was seeing like, you know, it was like a double whammy of, of of this issue. So, um, I thought it was really cool and and really it was, it was very honest. I think like it was, 
like, hey, let's be honest about what how, what people really think. Like, do I mean it's really they're almost answering the question for the MCU fans. Do MCU fans want a black Captain America? And you have to imagine, yeah, the vast majority do. Like, they, they would love to see Sam take take up the shield. Yeah. But there might be some MCU fans that are are not going to be happy about that. Yeah. And so they're kind of you know calling a spade a spade at this point and saying, let's hey, let's have a conversation about it. So. He's clearly going to be capped by the end of this series. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where everything is moving. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And so you are going to have a black Captain America, whether you like it or not. And it'll be interesting to see how how it, how this conversation with Isaiah frames that discussion going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously framing. Like, uh, it's the framework for the new Avengers movies coming forward. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get a whole new team pretty much. Yeah, and I don't. By the way, I don't think you're racist if like you're just like, oh, I prefer Steve. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, we. I mean, I think we all prefer Steve. Like Steve Rogers is the quintessential Captain America. I mean, Chris Evans is pretty much the first like success with that oh, character because yeah. I mean, there by far there have been Avengers movies before that, but I mean, Chris Evans by far is the most successful. Just like. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is the first successful Iron Man and so forth. Chris Hemsworth is the first. Yeah. Because, I mean, Marvel really just was really successful at this. Yeah, and it, it really has nothing to do with race. Like, if, yeah. I mean, Ironheart is going to is gonna eventually essentially become the new Iron Man, like to replace Tony. But, like, if you had a new... Um, Iron Man, like it's literally they call him Iron Man. He's wearing the exact same suit, but it's another white dude in that suit. Like you would be upset about that too because it's not Tony Stark. Like yeah. you you get attached to people, and I think to be fair, I think a lot of the Miles Morales stuff in 2011 in the comics was was similar where where people were like, hey, I'm not racist. I just I really like Peter Parker, and so they killed off Peter Parker so that Miles could become Spider Man, <laughs> and I'm not down with that because I love Peter. Okay, well that's fine. Like that's mm-hmm. that's your right, you know. So yeah, they, it's I, I just think it's interesting that they're having the conversation at all. Like they literally could have just given him the shield and the Captain America uh, uniform and moved on. But they're like, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about yeah. how like America is maybe not going to be down with this. Um, so yeah, I thought thought that was cool. Um, so, so the other stuff that we get to see in the episode is Sam and, and Bucky work on the boat together. And like, this is the first time that they're actually not like trying to kill each other <laughs> or like disagree with each other, punch each other. Like they have a couple disagreements here and there in the episode, but for the most part, they're like working together on a project and it was kind of neat to see them just kind of hang out. Like we haven't really got to see them do a lot of that. <laughs> They've been really kind of, you know, butting heads with, with each other most, most of the season. So I'm going to disagree with you on this. Oh, did they butt, butt heads in this episode? No, they, they don't. But I mean, you might've enjoyed that scene, but that was, it's just not my cup of tea when it comes to Marvel movies. It's just boring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, I thought when they were like practicing, throwing the shield, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But like all the stuff like working on the boat, it's just like, this is not what we signed up for, <laughs> Phil. It did kind of go. I do agree with you that it did kind of go back to the episode one scenes that we yeah. did, that we didn't like, like with Sam and and his sister going mm-hmm. to going to the bank for a loan. Like I was just like, what, what are we doing Normal here? Normal day life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of feel you on that. But I did. I I liked watching them 
come together. Yeah. Because that, that was so unusual. It sure has been fun to watch them be at odds, but I, I thought it was, it was neat to kind of see them agree and kind of work on something together. I think I thought the funniest part was when, so like Bucky has this like mech arm, obviously, mm-hmm. and he can use that. It's super powerful. It's he can, you know, it's basically, he's like a machine. He can like yeah, pretty much. move things with his hand, like really easily. And at one point he uses a wrench on, on something and actually just uses his like regular human arm. And Sam's like, why'd you, why didn't you just use your, your left arm on that? He's like, you know what? I, I don't always think about it. I'm, I'm right-handed. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so I thought that was, that was like the the one, I mean, there were a couple lines, I guess, but that was like the, the biggest laugh <laughs> for, for me during the episode. You, when you, said that. you didn't laugh when Carly was about to reveal her plot that she's going to destroy the whole world. No, that's, there's nothing funny about <laughs> that. Game filmed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I did think that there was a little bit too much training montage in it. Yeah. Like there was, Cause it's multiple. Like there's the training between where Bucky and I mean, they're talking to, but like Bucky and Sam are kind of throwing the shield together. And then we get more of that towards the end of the episode. Sam's yeah. throwing it by himself. There's, there's just a lot of like training up for the big fight. Um, but I feel so. like Sam's is just trying to get you stoked for him becoming Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've struggled to, to figure out, okay, is this show more Falcon or is it more Winter Soldier? And up to this point, up till at the end of episode four, I really felt like it was, it was both. Like it, mm-hmm. I, it was, to me, it seemed evenly split. This episode, and I feel like it's going to be more in episode six, it is becoming more of a Sam show. Like Bucky is there to support Sam's character in his transition into yeah. being ultimately be, obviously being Captain America. So yeah, it was cool to see him finally come face to face and confront his demons, so to speak, to say, yes, I'm willing to, to do this. So mm-hmm. he actually tries to take the shield at the beginning of the episode. He gets the shield obviously eventually. And who knows what's in that box, but it's, it's going to be some, whatever he, the last, very last thing when he opens that box, and we don't get to see what's inside of it. It's gotta be something cap related. Yeah, for so sure. What do you, what do you think is in there? Probably a captain America suit. Yeah. Because um, him giving his wings to Torres and saying, you hold on to these. Um, obviously, Torres is going to be the new Falcon. Oh, uh, yeah. You say, obviously, that I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of changing of the guard right there. Yeah. You'll okay. eventually get him as a Falcon. Yeah, I could, if you had asked me at the beginning of this series what I what I predicted, I would have said we would see a cap, like a Captain Falcon, like it would be like he would still have the wings on and the suit and you know the Captain America, um, you know, hood mask, yeah, mask over over his face, but with wings, like it would just mm-hmm. be like an additional apparatus for Captain America. Yeah. But no, I think you're absolutely right. I I think he he might just be legitimately done with the wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. I thought when he opened the box, I, like the first thought was like, "Oh, is it wings? Like, did they make him new wings?" But I think what you're saying is probably more likely, and it's that not to mention the fact that they're not big enough for wings. So, oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Let's talk about Julia Louis Dreyfus. This was the biggest surprise to me of of the series. Um, you know, it was we knew Zemo was coming back. We knew Sherry, we'd see Sharon at some point. 
no one was predicting Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So if you're not familiar with, with her from like Veep or Seinfeld, I mean, most people know her from Seinfeld or Christmas Vacation, everyone's favorite Christmas movie. She's been in a ton of stuff. She's obviously a huge actress. The I, I read w- one kind of brief interview that they had with with uh, Russell, Kurt Russell's son, the, the guy that plays John Walker. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. And he was talking about how he was just in awe of Julia. Like the whole time they were shooting that scene together, he's like, I didn't even want to talk. Like I just wanted to say, this is your scene. You just go. He's like, it was fun just to sit there and just watch her act her heart out and just nail the part. Like, So she's this character named Val. We don't really know much about her. If you you know did some research on the internet or have read these comics, she is in the comics. She's a love interest for for Fury for Nick Fury. You have to assume that's probably not going to happen here, unless they go to, into some huge backstory, which yeah. we're not going to see that in the show, anyways. Maybe we see her in Black Widow. The the big rumor was that she was supposed to be introduced in Black Widow, but then they got the timing backwards on these mm-hmm. two two properties. So maybe we'll get to to know her, get to know her a little bit more in the '90s Black Widow show, and maybe we see some some Nick Fury stuff, uh, romance stuff there. But the biggest thing is that she becomes a bad guy in the comics. She's Madame Hydra. She becomes kind of the opponent of all things Avengers. Yeah. So. And we, we didn't get a lot with her. We only got maybe two minutes. Yeah, about that. In this episode. But she is definitely obviously going to be antagonistic in some way. Like she is encouraging and really almost becomes the impetus to for John Walker to feel empowered to continue on. He says, she says, I think you made the right decision taking the super serum. You know, you deserve the shield. Like she's, she's like basically trying to weaponize him. Oh yeah, for sure. So... I, I didn't like I didn't get full on like uh what's the suicide squad lady that the, there's like a government in the oh, this is DC yeah. not Marvel but like in the in the suicide squad comics and, and movies and you know if you see them in TV shows or whatever there's this woman that is basically like head the boss yeah basically the, yeah and she is like these humans, these suicide squad members are just like pawns to her. Like she's moving chess pieces around the board and I didn't quite get that vibe, but I could see how it could become like, she could become that Mm -hmm. in black widow or whatever's coming next. So I don't know how much of her we'll see. Maybe she, you know, gets killed off in the next movie that we see. That's not black widow, but I I would love to see a Madam Hydra. That's, that's very like working under, she's the new version of Hydra that is, is more, overt and like in, not in the shadows. Like she's doing things when people aren't looking, but she's also like working for the government and like, yeah. you know, just high, pretty high up, you know, mm-hmm. I, I guess that is kind of similar to Hydra in winter soldier movie, but yeah. So yeah, that was cool. I didn't even know she was going to be in the show. And so w- when she pulled, when she showed up and I, I hadn't seen her in a while. I never watched Veep or anything. So I wasn't sure that it was her, but then when they closed up on her, on her, on her face, it was like, yeah, that's Julia Louis Dreyfus. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, that was a surprise. Uh, the Wakandan uh, women, the uh, Dora Milaje. Yep. Uh, I think is how you pronounce it. They get involved. So there's a scene with Bucky That's and Zemo. That's a pretty cool scene, too. I liked it, too. Because um, you definitely think that Zemo's finally going to get his end. Uh-huh. And then the gun's not even loaded. Yeah. 
Yeah, I never thought he would actually do it. I hear, yeah. I, I thought he wouldn't pull the trigger. Oh, yeah. And the, it would be loaded. He just wouldn't, he couldn't bring himself to do it. When he did pull the trigger, it was like, oh my, that's dark. Like he, I think it's cooler <laughs> the way they ended up doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it, to me, that was signifying, like, Bucky saying, like, I would love to kill you right now, yeah. but that's not my decision to make. Mm-hmm. So, and it shows you his progression as a character. Like, yeah. he, although he was doing Winter Soldier stuff against his will, his his mode of operation for decades has been just to kill everyone that's wronged him. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he doesn't operate like that anymore. Like, he's a changed man. So Yeah, he's more hero-esque. Yeah. Even if he has a flawed background. Yeah. So we got to see Io just ever so briefly and they kind of have a, a brief exchange. And then she says, she, like, I I think a couple episodes ago, I, I predicted that they were just going to flat kill him. Like mm-hmm. that once the Dora Milaje got, got alone, got in the room alone with Zemo, it'd be over. But nope, they're just going to incarcerate him again. Like he, they're taking him to the raft. Yeah. So. And yeah. And then Bucky, of course, says he needs one more favor. And, I mean, that's how the box gets to Sam, obviously. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I definitely thought we would get by now is the identity of the power broker. We still haven't. We Episode three literally is called the power broker. <laughs> it's and, out there, Phil. I, I mean, I think almost everyone thinks it's Sharon at this point. We'll, we'll find out for, for real here in a couple days, but... I, it has to be Sharon, though, right? Yeah, without a doubt. There's she, no question. She calls ba- Batrock, or however you pronounce yeah. his name, and ba- then Batrock shows up with the fla- Flag Smashers, and what does he give Carly's, like, bombs or something? Yeah. Okay. That's the bombs that they're going to use for the meeting. Yeah. There's, like, a UN... Was That the, that was the UN, right? Wasn't or the GRC. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, that of course, that makes sense. So yeah, the GRC is meeting in New York and obviously he's like, he's the uh, arms dealer for for their cause, yep. basically. So, but yeah, uh, he's he becomes an arms dealer because of Sharon. Like, unless there's something that we're not, that we're not seeing, that mm-hmm. they're not showing us right now, the, on its face, if you're just taking it at face value, Sharon says, I'll pay you double to help out the Flag Smashers, you know, go, go offer them you know, bombs or whatever. Yeah. And, and then he does it. That's what it looks like mm-hmm. on the face of it. So we'll find out if that's actually what happened, but, but yeah, that's that, if that is true, if that is really what's what happened in this episode, then, then yeah, of course she's the, she yeah, has to be the, it would be more shocking if she wasn't the power broker yeah. at this point. Yeah. So if it's not her, Julia, maybe it would have Val? to be, I mean, it'd be super weird to like, It'd be really stupid. Because I, I, we literally, we, we know we know two minutes of her so yeah. far. <laughs> but I mean, the episode was called Power Broker. Yeah. And that's when Sharon was introduced. That's true. So it's got to be her. Yeah. Closed book, Phil. Okay. All right. You heard it here. It's confirmed. Sharon is the Power Broker. And I want to say this, Phil. I'm going to toot my own horn. Okay. Because now that I'm co-host with you, I can <laughs> toot my own horn. Why not? Um. I called that whenever we watched that episode. That's true. Yeah. You were the first to say it. So, um, but I mean, it's one of those things where the film writers told us from the beginning that 
their cards were going to be out on the table. It was going to be very straightforward. Yeah. No twists and turns like we got on WandaVision. Dude, WandaVision was like completely opposite yeah. of this. <laughs> so I feel like without a doubt, 100%, take it to the bank. <laughs> it's Sharon Carter. Yeah. It's, it's, it is straightforward. And I, I, I think I could speak for you as well. Don't take that as a slight. Like we're not saying like, because it's so straightforward, we don't like it or, you know, it's not very good storytelling. Yeah. I, th- we both love this show. Like it's, it's amazing. It's just, it is very, I don't want to say like paint by numbers sounds like a slight. I, I don't mean it to be negative. Like it's, it is, it is more akin to what we're, we become accustomed to with MCU stuff. Yeah. And, I love all the MCU stuff. So like, I love this as well. Um, it's just not, it's not very twisty, but I don't know that I was really needing that for this episode, for this series. Like mm-hmm. I, I real I like that it's more kind of straightforward action. Tell us the story. It's a great story. I love all the John Walker stuff is really interesting. Sam's, you know, transformation that we've kind of slowly been, you know, seeing him own up to and, and accept, like over the episodes has been awesome to watch all the winter soldier stuff. And you know, there's a scene in this episode where Sam talks to Bucky and is like, if you, if you're, you're going to keep having the nightmares and you're going to keep having, you know, fighting these demons and stuff like that for forever, unless you change your MO. Yeah. And he basically says like, he's like, well, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been dealing with my past and like, and I've been making amends for all these things that, has happened to me and making things right. And Sam just looks at him and he's like, no, you've been avenging these people. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, you're getting revenge on the people that have wronged you. And it, you know, basically he says like, unless you learn to forgive them and yourself, you're never going to move on. And I think that that whole thing has been really interesting with Bucky. I, it makes him a more, a, a deeper, more multifaceted character, I think than yeah, just a killing machine. Sure. So, you think they're friends now at the end of the episode? As much as they can be. Yeah. They definitely respect each other. Oh, yeah. And, and Bucky flat apologizes to Sam at mm-hmm. the end. Like He's like, we, we, we kind of get the insider knowledge that he had a little bit to do with, with Steve choosing Sam in, at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Like, he's like, when, Sam, when Steve said he wanted to choose you, I wasn't sure I agreed with it, but I... Ultimately, I, I knew it was the right decision. Yeah. And he's like, I, I want to apologize to you for everything I've said and, you know, chided you for, you know, over the course of the mm-hmm. season. So, yeah, I, they, they, they call each other, they're obviously ribbing each other and they call each other coworkers and stuff like that at the yeah, end of the episode, sure. but they're, they're definitely friendly now mm-hmm. and they weren't at all at, yeah. at, the, at the beginning. I mean, in the first episode or second episode, I can't remember, they're on the plane together and, and Bucky's like, well, so what's the plan? And Sam just jumps out of the plane and leaves him behind. Like they're clearly not friends at the beginning of the yeah. series, and the the series has made them friends over the course of it. So yeah, um, I like I did like a little bit of the training stuff. It was cool to see Sam not get the hang of the shield at first. Like that, I yeah. think that humanizes him too. Like he's not just this perfect superhero guy. Like it almost takes his head off a couple times. Like yeah. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, to for watch. Sure. Anything else you want to discuss? Mean, I guess we can just talk about uh, setting the table for um, the final episode. Of course, we kind of talked about how Carly and the Flag Smashers are basically 
ambushing the GRC vote. Do you think we see like full on like terrorist attack? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, the timing of it is interesting. Uh, 20 years from, from nine 11. Yeah. Um, I mean with the number of people that, um, they show on her little radar of flag smashers. There's, it's going to be a major attack. Yeah. Yeah. She's like building this army now. Like she, yeah. she does something on her phone or whatever. And everyone like joins her. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of one of those things where we've talked about this in the past where um, you really can feel for Carly, but now Marvel's saying, well, don't feel too bad for her. Yeah. Because now she's going straight on villain mode. Yeah. The, the the darkest thing that she's done so far is when she when she blew up that building yeah. with a whole bunch of innocent, like it, she killed like three people. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing that she's done so far, but now she's going like full on, like yeah. it's almost full on nine 11. Like she's going to, she's going to bomb a building. And I mean, so they obviously want you to be against her because it's happening on American soil too. Yeah. 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 It, it wouldn't have felt, I mean, literally close, so close to home if it was yeah, like in Europe or Sokovia or something like that. And of course it's in New York where everything yeah. Marvel happens in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you have to imagine that they're going to subvert the attack. It's somehow like they save lives or whatever. I, yeah. I don't see this as being, they're not in a show, like in a TV show there. I don't think they're going to do a huge, like MCU universe altering event. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, they would save those for like Avengers movies and stuff like that. So like the battle of New York, they're not never going to do something with a Chitari like in a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to save that for the big screen. So like secret invasion and everything that's coming up in the future, like they're going to save their biggest stories for the movies. So I don't think we're going to see like, you know, them almost decimate all of New York mm-hmm. <laughs> in the show. It's, it's going to be a smaller thing. They're going to go for leaders, you know, country leaders and stuff like that. But yeah, it's going to be targeted to the GRC and, and they're I mean, obviously going to have to save lives, but I assume this episode will be nonstop action. Probably. Oh yeah. Well, we got such a lull in this yeah. episode. So this episode of Falcon and the episode of Mighty Ducks were actually really similar to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it felt like more kind of stopgap, Scott stopgap between action. Yeah. Uh, in both shows. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in. I can't wait for, I mean, as we're recording this, it's only two more days. So, uh, by the time you hear this, it's, it's just one more day. We'll get to talk yeah. about the finale. I don't really think there's a whole lot of predictions really. I mean, I'd say obviously the two big predictions I would say is Sam becomes the new Captain America officially yeah. and Sharon Carr is the power broker. What do you think? What do you think is John Walker's ultimate fate? Does he get killed? In this final episode, uh, how else are, he's not going to stop, right? Yeah, I almost wonder if he will get killed, but they won't make like a hero do it. Like maybe Carly kills him. Yeah, I I almost wonder if they don't have to just kill off that character, like because what are they going to do? Like incapacitate him again, and then this time he's going to stop. <laughs> yeah, doing what he's been doing, and you know, going on his tirade. It'll uh, be interesting for I'm, sure. He has to be stopped somehow, and they either have to lock him up or kill him. I, th- yeah. I think those are the two options. He's pretty expendable, I would say, yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could definitely kill off that I character. mean, he was, he was brought in pretty much for drama, tension. Yeah. 
yeah, the, he's not going to stop. They, there's there's that scene where they're in the the courtroom or whatever, for lack of a better term, and he says he's like yelling at them, his superiors. He's yelling at them, and he says, "I am Captain America," and you know he's not going to let go. Like he, they've stripped him of his, and they say not anymore. They've stripped him of his title, but it doesn't matter. Like he is not going to stop. What a whack job. Yeah, yeah, he's completely bonkers at this point. So yeah, I I figure. I th- my prediction is Carly will kill him at one point. There, there'll be some kind of big fight between the two of them. And he, you know, rages out, you know, does something stupid and then he dies. And then obviously they have to take care of Carly because of everything, not just because of that. But. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she dies too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you have to ra- wrap up some of these storylines. Like the, the way that they wrapped up WandaVision was incarceration. Like they're, I, I mean, kind of <laughs> she's like yeah. mentally incarcerated <laughs> for the rest of her life living out the rest of her days in in westview but yeah I, they have to do something like that with both of those characters i think so and the power broker is like that remains to be seen like i if it's let's say it's sharon it probably is i i could i could definitely see her just kind of disappearing into the shadows like mm. to to show up in some other future movie in the in the past in the in the next couple of years or whatever so yeah i uh, I I still don't know how I feel about her being a bad guy because I I really like her like I mm-hmm. want her to be good, but if that's where they if they're where they're gonna go and they're gonna own that and like make her a bad bad guy forever, then I I can go along with that. It's just it does I don't know, it seems kind of weird for her character sometimes, but I get what they're what they're trying to do. So yeah, I mean, I feel like we're probably getting more building blocks for the future in this show than we did in WandaVision, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, this seems directly tied to some of the stuff that's com- that's coming soon. Yeah. So, cool. All right. Uh, well, our final review this week is a movie. It's a movie that just came to Disney+. Plus. It's It uh, came to theaters a couple of years ago. It did not do well in the theaters, by the way. I, I don't know if you looked up some of the numbers. Shocker. <laughs> it lost money. It... it its budget exceeded its box office by I think like 20 million. <laughs> like it, it lost money. So this is a Disney movie. It is no 20th century Fox. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I didn't even see that. It is. There are so many Disney references. They talk about Lion King and we talk about sword of the stone. I just assumed it was Disney. Yeah. It's 20th century Fox. Wow. So they, I guess they just, got disney's okay or i bet the deal this is 2019 yeah i bet the deal was already in the works yeah when they were making this movie that's interesting i didn't even think about that because they definitely referenced a lot of disney properties in this movie so anyway so yeah uh the kid who would be king it is if you're not familiar with the movie it literally just came to disney plus so maybe you you watched it when it came last week but or two weeks ago, I think it was. Or you were one of the fanatics that was there day one, <laughs> yeah. like Phil. This is quite literally an Arthur story. We're going to spoil the whole movie, so hopefully you don't care about that. But it is, he's descended from Arthur is kind of the impression. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they don't really go into that. He basically, Alex is the main kid. Um, Alex, is, that name has come up twice in this episode. Uh, Alex is basically Arthur, and then his friends are basically like the Knights of the Round Table. And Lance he, and Kay. Yeah, they have the same names. Uh, and when his best friend is named uh, Betters, which I guess there's a Betters uh, 
what is it? Betters? Betters rule? I I don't know. I have no idea, Phil. Anyway, there's a, there's a character uh, that sounds like Betters from the Arthurian legends, and they basically become like stand-ins for the Arthur story. But it's kids. This is obviously a movie for kids, and it it I mean it starts exactly the way you would think. Like he finds the sword, and he's the only one that can pull the sword out of the stone, and all that kind of stuff. But it's very modern. It's very now. You know they have cell phones and you know mm-hmm. internet and it's 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 very it's very different than maybe other kind of retellings of arthur that you've seen yeah. from you know 80s and 90s and stuff like that so um grant and i before this we hit record kind of already kind of know each other's thoughts about this movie but tell the audience uh, what you thought, thought of this movie and then i'll go um well uh the first five minutes i was just kind of like what on earth am I watching? <laughs> and it just kind of went downhill very fast for me. And that two hours could not get over fast enough for me. Wow, you did not like this movie. No. The did Rock, you... the Rocketeer, is better than this movie. What? No. Yes. yes. No, that's crazy. Yes, Phil. <laughs> I would, I would definitely watch this movie before watching The Rocketeer again. This, this is right up there with. Um, the one and only Ivan, Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl is worse than this movie. Eh, they're they're about the same in my book. <laughs> no, I actually I thought about Artemis Fowl as well uh, while I was watching about about an hour in whatever. It's like I was like this this actually kind of feels you, like Artemis you, Fowl in a lot of you ways. You literally look at the suggested films after watching this, uh-huh. and you're like, that makes sense because all those movies are trash. Yeah, Artemis is one of them. Yep, that totally makes sense to me. It's it is clearly trying to be Harry Potter, but doesn't make it. Uh, it's trying to be uh, Artemis Fowl, but I, honestly, I think Artemis Fowl um, fouls it uh, more than this movie. Sorry about that joke. That was bad. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so my overall thought on the movie is I actually kind of liked it. Um, so Grant and I clearly disagree on this one. I liked it more than I thought. I was pleasantly surprised. I did not like it as much as the critics did. So that's one difference that I have. This movie has, last I checked, it may be different. I mean, it's probably not different now since it's been out for a couple of years. Last I checked, I think it had an 88 or an 89 or an 87. Yep. It's high 80s yep. on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics. And one of the critics, I read the, re- the review last, last week. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But was like glowing about the movie. And I, I don't know that I would go that far. But I actually did really like the movie. Uh, for the most part, the first half of the movie is stronger than the second half for me. And I think there's a lot of, uh, it's all, it's very long in the tooth. The movie absolutely should have been 25 minutes shorter than it is. It, it feels or like a, 25 minutes. 20, oh, 25 minutes total. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the, the movie feels as it's starting. It's like, okay, I feel like this is like an hour and a half hour and 35 minute movie. It's two hours. Yeah. Boys and girls. Like it, it's, it's way too long for what it is, but honestly for the first hour or so I was like, okay, I'm kind of in for this story. Like it's a, it's obviously for four kids, but like I can kind of put on my kid hat and kind of enjoy some of this. Um, and then the second half for me didn't go completely off the rails, but there were several things that happened where I was just like, that is stupid. Like that's that's really dumb for (laughs) sure. Phil. So like lady of the lake, dude, every time the lady of the lake shows up, it's, it's always dumb. Take Excalibur, please. The, the dumbest that I mean, there's several dumb scenes with the Lady of the Lake. I think they just could have just washed that character completely out of the movie, and it would have been, been a lot better, especially the second half. 
But the dumbest, the, the dumbest scene in the second half of the movie is when he conjures the sword out of his bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see Grant's face right Phil, now, but it's not happy. He's not pleased right now. This movie is. <laughs> and once again, Phil, you brought this to the show. I liked it. I liked the movie. I was glad that I brought it to the show. I, I'm glad I watched this movie. Um, so... I want to read this this review that I found again because I think it was just really angry. You know that you've seen the movie. I can't wait to see your reaction to this. Packed with history, politics, family drama, and the kind of depth you may not expect from a film with kids in the leads. With all that being true, both kids and adults will appreciate and admire the movie. It is an unapologetic blast. I'm just reading the review. That's what, that, that's, for, was that, that, was that's from a movie wh- critic. One of their family members. <laughs> yeah, it's actually Andy Circus. He <laughs> he wrote the, so the the main character, the the actor that plays Alex in this movie is is Andy Circus's son. Like it's it's it is his youngest son. If you're not familiar with Andy, he's done, he was Gollum, most famously Gollum yep. in the Lord of the Rings movies. But he's done a lot of other motion capture roles as well. He played Caesar in the Planet of the Apes movies recently. Like he's done. He was in Black Panther. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, he's he is a like a, I, I believe I, I could be wrong on this. I know he's at least Academy Award nominated. Mm-hmm. I think he might be Academy Award winner, Andy he, Serkis. He could be, yeah. Um so yeah, he is a phenomenal actor. <laughs> like everything he touches is gold. And honestly, like I didn't even know that it was his son that is playing the the main role, Alex, in this movie. Until I was about 30 minutes in, I was like, this guy's really good. Like this, I, I really, the actor playing this role, like I think he's he's delivering a good, a great performance with this character. Whether you like the movie or not, I think the performances are really good. And so I looked him up. I was like, I wonder what, what this kid's ever done besides this. And it turns out not much. This is kind of like his break, breakthrough role. And, but then when I saw his last name, S-E-R-K-I-S, I was like, how many actors can can there be that has that, that exact same last name? And sure enough, he's, he's related. He's Andy Serkis's youngest son. Gotcha. So, but yeah, I, th- I thought he did a really good job. I thought, I thought the other actors did a pretty good job as well. Um, the, his friend betters and then, uh, Lance and Kay, like I thought they were fine. Like for kid actors, like they're honestly better than most kid actors that I've seen. Um, you know, the minus the cast of my decks game changers. Yeah, I, I do agree that the game changers. We haven't got got as much screen time with them as we as we did from this movie. But like like Lauren has had like eight lines in the in the show. I want to see more from the characters. But the ones that we've we're talking about today, like Nick, Alex, and um, oh no, uh, Evan and Coob. Yeah, Nick, Evan, and Coob. Like they're all really really good. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know that they quite match up to that, but in my opinion, they're pretty close. Like I, I actually was really entertained by the acting in the movie. So I think where the movie goes South for me is that, and it's, you know, it's for, it's for kids. So we're going to be harder on it than kids, actual kids would be on this movie. But, um, I think the Morgana character is very sinister in with when, when it's like the roots, like tendrils, like kind of going through the world, like that was super dark. It kind of reminded me, she kind of reminded me a a little bit of Hela a little bit from Ragnarok, um, but not nearly as scary. She shows up and stupid. Yeah. When she's there in the flesh, she's really dumb. Like I, not scary. 
she there's a reason she's almost never in human form she's always like a dragon or like part of a tree and stuff like that because i just don't think when she finally like came out as a person like as a human being it actually reminded me a lot of the power rangers movie <laughs> that came out and how just dumb that character was the the villain in that movie so um yeah i I was I was in as long as it was centering in on the kids, but then once they got to Morgana and the Lady in the Lake, and honestly, like some of the, I hate to say this because Sir Patrick Stewart is like one of the most amazing actors ever, like in the history of of acting, but like his even his scenes I didn't particularly enjoy. Like I just I thought all that you know, kind of Arthurian, like legendary kind of stuff I thought was really kind of flat. Um, yeah. So now I will say this, I know I'm talking a lot, but the the guy that plays young Arthur is awesome to me. I loved, loved his character so much. The the, the fingers snapping so, and the clapping that, magic. This like is that. the only thing we will agree on. Okay. Because he is the only character, and I quote, that I like in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't like Alex or no. any of the other guys. Um, young Arthur is awesome. He's so funny. Yeah. I want to see him in other stuff. Like, I got to the end of the movie and I was like, I'm going to check out this guy's filmography. Like, I, I kind of want to follow this guy and watch some of the other stuff that he's been in. His, just the silly look he gets in his face and the fingers, finger snapping and clapping magic and stuff like that. He's so good. Like, he... He's very confident on screen yeah. every time he's on and how he sneezes and turns into an owl and stuff like that. I just, I totally bought into that character. He, I, I, I guess I kind of agree with you that he did kind of steal the show. Like anytime he was on screen, I wasn't watching the kids. I was watching Arthur. Like he was not Arthur. I keep, I, I, I've called him Arthur like seven times. Merlin, Merlin. The, Merton. Yeah. Merton. The Merlin character is, is really, really good in this. So yeah, I, I thought he was great, and he was the reason for the moniker at the beginning of the of the show. He ages backwards as Morgana ages forwards. So, I thought all that stuff was really cool too. Uh, I know you're not not a big fan of CGI. There's a lot of CGI in this movie. <laughs> Did you think it looked dumb, or you you just don't like it in general? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many. Like I love the Lord of the Rings movies, but I mean, it just. I don't know. You like the pra- the more practical effect stuff. Yeah. Like if they're doing wire work or yeah. um, makeup and stuff like that, you're more into that. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I would say, which you might have never seen this movie, but Quest for Camelot, it's an animated movie. That's, that's so funny that you mention it. J- Jordan literally just watched that movie like two weeks ago I, <laughs> for the I, first time. I, I literally, I, I'd never seen it. I literally would watch that movie over and over that again. Movie's, that movie's terrible. Before I would watch this no. movie, dude. I I Phil, I, I watched yes. I watched Quest for Camelot for the first time a couple weeks ago too with Jordan, and it was awful. It was awful. Phil, I could I could not watch it. It was so bad. So much better than this the, movie. The writing in this movie is way better than Quest no. for Camelot. Go go back and watch Quest for Cam- Camelot and tell me that the the line the way that the lines are written in that movie are better crafted than this movie. Phil, I would watch <laughs> that movie over and over again before I would watch this movie again. I I actually I think that the lines are actually pretty clever in this movie. I would so, almost watch the one and only Ivan before I'd watch this movie again. I don't know. I think I would rather watch this one again. And I hated the one and only Ivan. Oh, really? I thought you kind of liked it. No, 
Oh, okay. Phil, every movie. I thought I gave it a three out of five. I thought you, I thought you said three out of two. five. Oh, you said two out of five. Well, that's not hated. Like one out of five would be hated. Rocketeer's so much better than this. No, I mean Rocketeer's one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would rather watch this one than than uh, Rocketeer. I so I w- let's go back to CGI. I I like CGI. Like I I actually am, I'm kind of kind of wowed by it, but. Um, I do, I, I do, I am more drawn to practical effects because it feels more real to me, but if they can make CGI look really good, like I'm thinking of like the jungle book, which actually Andy circus was also in the jungle book, yep. but like that, that movie looks so real to me. Like the Lion King remake also looked really real, but to its detriment, like I, I felt like that movie was so real that it gave up on all the fun of the Lion King story, but the jungle, the jungle book wasn't going for uh, fun and laughs and, and silliness. It was going for like a serious telling of that, of that, mm-hmm. you know, R- R- Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling or whatever story. And the CGI looks so good in that movie that I was like, the uncanny Valley was just completely removed. I was just like, I believe those are real animals, like the yeah. entire thing. And I think that's the only slight I have against the CGI in this movie is that it doesn't look that real. But I will say that the, because some of the some of the CGI hits and some of it doesn't, mm-hmm. and I think the stuff that actually hits the most are the the demons, uh, the Mortis Millas, I think is what they call it. They're like the uh, these like undead knights basically, and when they're like riding up against like a dark knight, like especially like the, there's like a scene where they're on horseback ch- chasing them in ca- in a car, and I thought the CGI on on those undead knights actually looked pretty good. Um, now. You're about to get to the only part when I laughed in this movie, Phil. <laughs> um, the CGI that I thought looked did not look good is that they, I don't know why they did this. There, there is some scenes where the the backgrounds, like the the ocean or whatever, the, there's clearly standing in front of a green screen, and it looks it looks bad. It looks so obvious. So they obviously poured tons of money into the action scenes and. Where CGI is used in other places, they they gave it they gave that stuff to their like fifth stringer or whatever. It does it just doesn't look good at all. So the movie had like a fifty five million dollar budget, and they should have spent more on. I mean, they would have lost even more money, I guess. But they should have spent more on some of the the CGI and some of the background scenes. Yeah. But what was the part where where you laughed? Uh, when Kay is driving and they ask her where she learned to do that, and she says Mario Kart. <laughs> that is the only time I laughed yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I think that I think that part that line was in the trailer. So oh yeah, like for I, sure. I I I didn't laugh. I laughed when I saw heard it in the trailer, but I didn't laugh when I saw it in the movie. Um, Merlin, so Merlin needs a potion, like whenever he like uses his powers and stuff like that. And he says that it's beetle blood. It has the potion is made of beetle blood, ground bone, and beaver urine. And like he finds all those ingredients from the lip smacking chicken, uh, yeah, uh, meals, which is basically KFC, but they don't call it that. Um, and I thought that stuff was actually really funny. I laughed a lot. Um, oh, Phil. Um, let's see. Oh, I thought the Stonehenge stuff was kind of cool too. Like it was, uh, they basically. You know, Stonehenge is one of you know one of those big world mysteries. Like we have no mm-hmm. idea what its purpose was, but like in this movie, it's obviously been explained in like thirty-five different movies in fictional ways. But in this one, they they basically say that it's like a transport hub. Like yeah. it, 
it, it is basically the nine and three quarters thing from mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Like they they zip into Stonehenge and come out like it's some other part of the world. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was that was actually kind of cool too. Um, they like freak everyone out when they <laughs> there's like a tour going on as they like just and that's one of the things I really like about Merlin's characters is like he just does not care. Like he'll stand in front of like a bunch of kids at school and be like you know, Alex is the once and future King, whatever. And they all just laugh at him. He's like, and they start throwing trash at him and stuff like that. And he just doesn't care. (laughs) Like he's, he's a, he's a displaced out of time magician that it is like your feelings on who he is as a person matter. Not like he's just going to be him uh, everywhere he goes. And I actually really like that. Um, Oh, Phil. Let's see. So at one point, Alex goes to find his father. Like the whole thing, like with in the movie, is that he gets this book from his dad, and it says like you know to the once and future king, and it's signed his dad. You find out towards the end of the movie that that his dad's like he's like a deadbeat, like a drunkard, like he's never been around in his life, and never wrote that note in, in his in his in the book, which obviously becomes like a big like I'm done kind of moment for Alex, but there's he encounters his aunt and his aunt kind of like explains the whole thing to him and becomes like a real turning point, like in the plot, like where he's like, I don't know if I can, if I want to go on with this or carry on. Like the whole point of this was like to, to live up to what his dad saw him and saw in him. It's very similar to onward. Like onward does it better obviously, but like it's, it is kind of the onward thing of like, you know, my dad was going to be the inspiration for me to live my life in a certain way, but now he's not there anymore and I have to figure this out on my own. So yeah. it's very similar to, to the onward. I stole premise. this plot from rookie of the year, Phil. Oh, is that the plot of rookie? No, not really, but um, you've seen the movie rookie of the year, right? I have. I don't remember any of it. So basically I remember the, the doctor scene where he, 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 he pops him in the nose. He believes that, uh, his dad was this great baseball player. Oh, okay. But then in the end, you find out that it was actually his mom. Okay. It's kind of similar. I'm sure a lot of movies have done that. <laughs> that basic plot. But um, it kind of turns, turns home alone at the end of the movie. Like they like, they, and this is where it got really dumb for me. They have t- exactly two hours until the eclipse is happening basically if you haven't seen the movie Morgana's coming back and if she survives through the eclipse then she like takes over the world or something it's never really explained but like there's it's like the eclipse is happening at say like four o'clock and it's two o'clock and they have two exactly two hours and what do they do in that two hours it's nothing but children because all the adults are like hypnotized by yeah. Merlin they <laughs> they set up like the they set up like hobby horses they tie hobby horses to the ceiling in the gym how do you do that in two hours they they like line up all these cars with like battering rams and stuff like that they um what else oh they take like pool like buoys lines yeah. or whatever and like string them across the the hallway and i was like if you had eight hours, I'm not sure you could do all this with children. Like <laughs> if that part was like really unbelievable. I mean, there's a lot of it, the movie that's not, and then that you find out that Kevin McAllister is actually Merlin yeah. <laughs> reincarnated. Yeah. But yeah, it does kind of become, I mean, you, I guess you could say it's like return of the Jedi, like with the Ewoks, but it, it is very much like, but the Ewoks had days to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, maybe they didn't have days. I don't remember, but yeah, they, they basically, none of them have like 
powers or anything. They're just kids with swords and armor. And so like they have to come up with, you know, strategic, you know, uh, clever ways to, to deal with them. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked anytime Merlin, like uh, multiplied metal. I thought that was really cool. Like he, is first just like a cool magic trick, but then like he takes their swords and like makes like 200 swords out of them mm-hmm. and takes their armor and makes 200 pieces of armor. So um, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Magic and then stuff. Betters becomes the new Merlin. Yeah. He like learns how to do magic just from watching him, which it's like, I'm not sure that's how magic works, but okay. And then there, and then Morgana turns into a dragon and then gets decapitated at the end. She's dead. Yeah. And the school turns into like a wormhole, pretty much. A vortex. Yeah, Merlin conjures up a, a vortex, which basically like sucks her down back into the underworld, which is where she came from. Um, yeah, I think one thing that's not clear in the movie is like how, like, I guess it's it's just, it's Alex finding the sword, finding Excalibur that, sets all the events in motion, right? Like if he never I found guess. Excalibur, yeah. it would have never happened. So, cause like him activating Excalibur basically is what wakes up Morgana. Mm-hmm. Like it's been, you know, presumably like underground for the last 500 years or whatever. So I did kind of chuckle when they, they did the Knights of the round table thing. They're like, we're like the Knights of the round table. And they look down at the table that they're sitting at. It's just a, a square kitchen table. And he's like, here, pull up the wings. <laughs> so they pull up the wings on the table. And now it's a round table. <laughs> oh, Phil. I, I enjoyed this movie. I, 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 it's not like, a, a, like I'm not going to put this on like the rotation of like stuff that I watch every year or whatever, but I will watch it again when, when Jordan's old enough to watch it. That's going to be a while from now because it's, it's the movie's actually kind of violent, <laughs> but um, once she's old enough to handle the violence in it, I think we might watch it together. So this is probably the movie, the one movie that we've watched that we like disagree on the most. And I love it. Like, I love that yeah. we, that we just like saw like different movies. <laughs> I think it's great. Yep. <laughs> also, I, I'm going to end with this. I, I think the movie has quite a bit to say about, about bullies. Like, yeah, I, I mean. I th- like, if you're going to pick a, I, I try to pick out themes and stuff as we watch stuff. And, I mean, this movie, the the main theme in the movie is a, uh, the theme you've seen a thousand times, including the Raya and the Last Dragon movie, which is basically, we have our differences. If we all come together, we can save the day. So, you've seen that in Raya and a hundred other movies. What I think this movie does uniquely that I haven't seen a lot in other movies is it really addresses bullies um, pretty mm-hmm. prominently. There's um, two characters we mentioned already, Lance and Kay that are, are just straight up bullying. Like, I mean, they're like terrorizing some of their peers and they, the, the movie's pretty honest about like why they're that way and how that's not okay. And how they basically have to overcome their own um, frustrations and, and, and whatnot in life to back down and actually become part of a team. Like I I thought that was actually really smart writing. And I think it's very important for our kids to see stuff like that about bullies. Like Jordan's only, my daughter's only four. We're already teaching her about bullies because I, I remember being surprised by bullies when I was in junior high. Like, what? Like these kids would be mean to other kids for no reason. The like, first time they gave you a wedgie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a squirrely. Uh, yeah, I was just so confused because I like that was yeah. just so opposite to how mm-hmm. my family was. You know, we were very loving and very accepting. Sure. And, and so we're already trying to 
it's an unfortunate world that we live in, but we're, we're, we're teaching Jordan, this is the world you live in. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, when I see stuff like this in movies like this, that is clearly destined for kids to watch, it gets me excited. Like, like, okay, that's cool. Like I'm, I'm glad that she can see it on screen and realize that's not okay. And here's how to, you know, try to overcome it. So yeah, like he straight up like fights Lance at one point (laughs) in the lake and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, cool. Yeah, ultimately, it's the movie's too long. I think it would. It's easier. It's an easier watch if it's shorter. I don't know why they decided to go with two hours. That's crazy to me. Um, And I think it could have been a little funnier. There's not a lot of humor in the movie. There are a couple chuckle scenes, but for the most part, the kids are being very serious the whole time. And I thought that was a wrong move as well. Um, But overall, I, I was pretty down with the plot and the acting is, I think, really really good. So. All right. Um, have you, I know you've been super busy. You haven't probably had time to watch anything else on Disney Plus. No, <clears throat> I have not either. I've been super busy with work and and other just hobbies and other things. But um, I think maybe tomorrow night I might start watching High School Musical the musical series season yeah. one. You to, don't to get have ready. much time left, Phil. Yeah, I only have a few few more weeks before season two, but. Yeah, I, I was looking for uh, Disney Plus news, and I saw, and I was reminded that season two is coming out pretty soon. I was like, ah, I, I need to get on that. I still haven't done it. So it's a pretty quick watch. How many? Do you remember I think how many it's episodes? Eight. Okay, and they're are they like forty minute? Yeah. Okay, so not not too bad. Yeah, you'll be fine. I could knock it out in five hours or so. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Actually, that's that's might, probably what it might be ten, because I they it started at the same time as Mandalorian. But it went longer than Mandalorian, I oh, believe. Okay, I'll look it up while we're. I think it'll be an easy watch. Like I, I do. I, I'm a little surprised I haven't seen it by now. Like it's, it is very much up my alley. So. And it's not one of those shows where it's like groundbreaking. Like you'll be like, "What just happened?" Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I have a pretty good sense of what I'm gonna get, um, just from what I've heard from other people. So. Uh, here's what's coming out on Disney Plus the week that we're recording this. So Friday, April 23rd. 10 episodes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I mean, that's still pretty doable. I, yeah. can, I can knock it out in six or seven hours. So, um, Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 5. Obviously, Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. Uh, we're going to be watching, not just watching both of those, but those that will be the entirety of our, our next episode is just, because we figured there's going to be so much to talk about with the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale and yeah. predictions for what's coming up with Marvel next and stuff like that, that we're going to want to have some time. So next week, we're only talking about those two things, uh, Game Changers 5 and Falcon 6. Um, Big Shot is still out. I have not checked it out, but it's um, starring... Um, John Stamos. John Stamos from Full House fame. So he's a basketball coach of uh, like high school or junior high girls. Yeah, some or college like that. girls. I can't college. It, yeah, yeah. I think it's college. Um, Disney Junior Puppy Dog Pals season three. Jordan will be very excited about this. Uh, she loves Puppy Dog Pals. I think this is the the they're doing the thing where like the current season, like once it's over, they just dump it onto Disney Plus. Like, okay. it, like as the shows. For the most part, there was that show that we talked about over the last month and a half that was airing... Sulphur Springs. Yeah, Sulphur Springs. It was like day and date. But for the most part, Disney Plus isn't doing that. You either watch it on live television or you watch it on Disney Plus. But if you're going to watch it on Disney Plus, you have to wait. And um, I think that's what's going on with Puppy Dog Pals, if you care. Um, Disney Live and Maddie. Is this a show that you ever watched? I think uh, it's, you're probably 
You're probably too old. To too see old. It. But I mean, I remember when it came out. I think I was probably in college or late high school. Okay, so probably just, college. You just missed it then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it looks like a sitcom. Yeah, it's about twin sisters. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, it ran for four seasons starting in 2013. So yeah, so I was in college. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in that, they're dumping all four seasons at once, so you can binge through that if you're interested. Um, Disney My Music Story, uh, a, a Disney special about the Japanese band Tsukima Switch. I'm gonna say is how you pronounce that. So if you're interested in Japanese music, check that one out. Being the Queen. I'm more of a K-pop fan, Phil. I, I can tell. I mean, we all we all knew that about you. Uh, Being the Queen chronicles the life of Queen Elizabeth II using never-before-heard interview recordings from those who know her the best. Um, so if you're interested in, in the royals, uh, check that one out. And then the last thing that's coming out this Friday as we record this, April 23rd, is Baby's Day Out. Uh, this looks like a terrible movie. It is... Um, a 90s movie, yeah, right? Yeah, 1994, as I'm looking it up here. Uh it also has a six out of ten on IMDb, just like uh, it's probably the better than reviewed. the one we just <laughs> reviewed. Uh, it is. Let's see. Directed by Patrick Reed Johnson and written by John Hughes. Uh, let's see. Joe Pantoliano is the only person in it that I know. The plot centers on a wealthy baby's abduction by three criminals, his subsequent escape and adventure through Chicago while being pursued by the criminals. It's Home Alone. <laughs> well, it's John Hughes. Oh, same same guy that wrote Home Alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is in 1994. Definitely trying to tap into on some of that Home Alone stuff. Except it's a baby this time, but it's still in Chicago and there's still criminals. So, <laughs> so yeah, if that it sounds interesting to you at all, get, give that one a shot. It probably doesn't have Donald Trump in it. I'm just saying. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's it. That's that's coming out to Disney Plus. Obviously, the big things being Mighty Ducks and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then maybe Big Shot if you're into that kind of thing. So, um, what else do we do on the show? <laughs> uh, I think that's it. So we already told you what's coming out. Uh, what we're going to be covering next week. The obviously the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale, and then the next episode of Mighty Ducks, and that's going to be a, maybe maybe a little bit shorter of a show if there's not as much to talk about with Falcon and Winter Soldier. But that is going to be dropping in your feeds probably uh, either Monday night or Tuesday morning um, next week is is probably my guess. So uh, if you have an idea for what something you want to hear about on this podcast, uh, send, or send us your own review on something that you've watched that maybe we haven't watched on Disney Plus, we'd love to include you in the show. Just Send an email to Disney Plus Reviews at hotmail.com. That's how you do that. And that's P L U S all spelled out. Uh, Grant and I love to hear from our listeners. And, and tell Phil how much you loved the movie. D- tell me tell me what you really thought. It, write into the show and tell me what you really thought about the kid who would be king. If I'm crazy or if or if Grant is crazy. Help help us solve this debate. That would be great. Disney Plus Reviews at hotmail.com. We'd love to, to read your thoughts. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week for the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier and some more Mighty Ducks. 